Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. We are here for another episode so we can all learn to earn this week. We are back to basics. We are still on the back to basics section. I want to talk to you about a little something we're calling the Cashflow Blueprint. This is going to be part one, and we're going to cover this over a couple different episodes. We'll break them up in between, but I want to talk to you about the Cashflow Blueprint and where this came from now. Cashflow Blueprint was originally a course written by Larry Harbolt, uh, our dear friend and mentor, Larry Harbolt, put together this course several years ago as a beginner's guide to real estate investing. And this was locked in his archives until recently when we were talking about it. And he brought it up and he said, he handed it to me and said, what do you think? And I was blown away. So I said to Larry, I said, listen, I'd love to be able to put this out to the audience. I know that my listeners that your listeners would love to have an opportunity to take part in the blueprint and get the, this opportunity. So we converted this. We went back through the cash flow blueprint. We've updated some things. Larry's gone through it. We've had the team go through it. We've updated things. We've digitized the content and now we have put it online for you. So that is available. The cash flow blueprint is now available as a course online. Here's the thing though. If you use the link in the show notes, you can buy this course for $20, 20 bucks. Everybody's got 20 bucks. So let's go ahead and get started on this. I want to cover uh, just the, the first couple sections of this course. This course is packed with information. We're going to talk about the blueprint. Now, how the name came up was, you know, before you build a house or before you build a business, you need a blueprint, you need a sketch, you need an outline, you need to know have some idea of what your plans are because if you don't have a destination you're never going to get there you're never going to reach it so with larry he is very very good at it at mapping out his courses to make them flow properly so that as you're going through them you can understand each part it's taught to you in a certain order on purpose now as you go through larry's materials you will see that some things sometimes are repeated or sound similar. And the reason for that is these are things that Larry really wants to drill down and make sure that you completely understand. So one of the ways of the techniques that he uses to do that is to reinforce them later in the content. That's very, very important. But starting out in the cash flow blueprint, Larry gets into property and deal analysis. I mean, he's this is what I love about Larry's information. He he skips the garbage. He skips all the fluff goes right for the kill, right for the meat and the potatoes, right to the very core of what you need. And he starts with property and deal analysis. And there, in the first section of that, he talks about the four pillars of real estate profits. 
Now, some of you that have, have been students of Larry's, you may have seen some of this before, but I assure you that you haven't seen all of it. He talks about the four different types of properties. Of course, there's the uh, the foreclosure properties that are upside down, and, and we've talked about that in previous episodes where there's people out there that are paying more than retail for foreclosure properties because the perception that is that they're getting a deal. They think they're getting a deal because it's a foreclosure. Nothing can be farther from the truth. So those are not the greatest thing in or in the world to mess with. Now, Larry talks about it, there was a time when you could you could uh, assign those away, and you can still do that if you use some creativity. He's going to cover that in the course. The properties you don't want. Now, he talks about making quick money. You know, go ahead and get it under contract. Negotiate a good price. Have a buyer. Negotiate the contract. Simply assign the contract move on, make a couple grand down your, down the road you go. Now, what's important about this, folks, is Larry doesn't teach to make wholesaling a business. Wholesaling is an exit strategy, ladies and gentlemen. It is not a business. It is not an identity. It's simply an exit strategy. That's all it is. And unfortunately, our real estate gurus have sucked us into wholesaling being a job, being a business. They've, they've made it a thing, so to speak, where used to be that everybody bought and sold real estate because they were investors. They were actual investors, which means they put money into real estate and they received a return in exchange for it, or they fixed that fixed them up. Wholesalers were not, haven't been a thing forever. And now it's a whole industry, uh, the wholesaling identity and all the little ancillary monthly subscriptions that go along with wholesaling have, have evolved into that. So, the next section is the properties that you can fix and sell. We just talked about fix and flip. He talks about um, how to look at each opportunity here and the ups and downs of them. So going back to foreclosures, and one of the things he puts here in the course is that it takes a long time. He's got an infographic. Foreclosures take a long time, and it takes cash to be successful with those. You generally have to buy them in most cases. I mean, there are ways to assign them, but in most cases, most people have to assign them if you can get lucky sometimes and and assign them. Most people have to buy them first before they enclose on them and then they can sell them or they have to double close them. Of course, the properties you don't want, uh, we talked about quick money takes no cash. It takes time to get a check with the rehab properties. Okay. You're going to fix those up and you're going to sell them at retail. That's pillar number three. And pillar number four is takes time and to rehab and needs cash only for repairs. That is the properties that you can turn in, turn into long-term income properties. That's Larry's sweet spot. That's my sweet spot. We want that long-term income. That's pillar number four, that long-term income. And more of that will be covered in the course because I can't imagine anybody would not take advantage of this course. That just doesn't make sense. But I want to cover some of these things to make sure everybody's uh, clear on what's going on. Now, before ever making an offer to purchase property, there's some questions you should always ask yourself to help ensure you're making the best possible offer to buy any property that will match your goals. Now, Keeping in mind, you have, to be, you have to begin with the end in mind. You have to have an idea of why you're investing. We've talked about this in previous episodes. Why are you, are you investing? So question number one, why do I think this is a good deal? And if you can't determine why this is a good deal, it probably isn't. Here's a little test. If it's a great deal, you should be able to go to your buddy and lay the actual numbers out, not the ones that you know are good, but the actual numbers, what you've negotiated out to your friends your fellow investors, because they're going to tell you real quick 
if it's a good deal or not a good deal. Now, obviously, they're going to have different investor identities and different criteria than you. Here's my point, though. If you're willing to take it so far to talk to your buddies about it, to brag, if you will, about it, there's a pretty good chance you got a good deal. If you're not willing to do that, you can assume you probably don't have a good deal. You just have a deal. See, a deal doesn't necessarily have to be good. There's such a thing as a bad deal. And you could very much, very likely have a bad deal. Question number two, what am I trying to accomplish by buying this property? Again, are you trying to look cool to your buddies? Are you hanging out in the garage, drinking a beer with your jeans hanging over your ass cheeks like some kind of prison jerk thinking that you're going to just be cool because you got this thing under contract and you're some kind of hot shot? No, come on, let's be realistic. Ask yourself, what are your immediate goals or needs? Why are you buying this property? You're just trying to get rich quick or are you focused on long-term growth? Are you focused on passive income, monthly income? Question number three, why do I, what do I plan to do with the crop property if I do buy it? Again, begin with the end in mind. You have to have an understanding of what you're going to do with the property and not say, well, I could fix it. I'm going to either fix it and flip it or I'm going to rent it or I'm going to wholesale it or I'm going to make it a vacation rental. That tells me you have no clue what you are doing. When you say that, when you are unable to outline what you're going to do with the property, clearly, one exit strategy, you have not done your homework, you are not prepared to buy this property, I want you to slam on the brakes and stop what the heck you're doing. Because you are getting ready to waste some money. I'm here to tell you, you are getting ready to waste some money. Question number four is, why, or I'm sorry, where will I find the money I need to finance this property? Because, folks, we're not going to pay cash. That doesn't make sense, okay? Only the unsavvy pay cash if they, because that's the only other strategy they have. Instead, find a financial friend. There's lots of people out there that need help finding good deals, that need help managing property, that need help handling a rehab. Okay, these are the things that you can provide assistance in. So it's very important that you take the steps to go out and reach out to a financial friend. It's called adding value to the community. When you add value to other people, in a lot of cases, they will reciprocate. I've got people right now, investors that are running around feverishly trying to find a good deal, quote unquote. They are so fixated on doing it all by themselves with no help. They manage the property. I've got one investor runs all over the four or five county area managing all these properties by themselves. They think that they're doing themselves a favor. They think that they're saving money. In reality, they're wasting their own time. They don't value their own time. They haven't put a dollar figure on their own time. Instead, they could partner with somebody like me that will put their money to work, my team, and get it going in the right direction so they don't have to be out there beating the pavement. These people have to go run around and collect the rent manually. What's that? I mean, really think about that. If you are beating your head against the wall saying there's no deals, maybe you need to team up with somebody else. You need to grow a bigger team or partner with somebody else that does not have that problem. Now, I'll admit, deal sourcing can be a challenge sometimes, but we have ways of making of working that out. Okay, that means we'll just up our marketing We'll add people to our team. We'll do all kinds of different things to increase our deal flow. Deal flow 
it's not rocket science. It takes a lot of time, and a lot of effort, and that's why I leverage my team to help me achieve that. That's very, very important. You know, one of the ways you can get money, of course, you can deal with a hard money lender if you want. Now, nothing wrong with hard money lenders, but they are designed, hard money is designed, ladies and gentlemen, for short-term scenarios, 90 days, six months, whatever. It's not designed for long-term investment properties. Don't get suckered into buying a property with hard money and then deciding that, well, suck it yourself in and then decide that you'll figure it out later. That can be dangerous because what if you can't? Now, the hard money lender is put, has put faith in you that you're going to follow through with what you agreed upon with them. You can't go in after closing and say, oh, never mind, because guess what? You may lose that asset, so don't take that risk. Finding a good mortgage broker. I've got a great mortgage broker. My mortgage broker and, and his team does a great job in getting things done for us, okay, making things happen. Or if you have to, use institutional financing. Go to the bank if you absolutely have to. That's probably my last resort because I found the banks to be uh, less than aggressive with their lending strategies, I'll put it that way. And, and the underwriting departments are, well, they're a challenge. I'll leave it at that. They are a challenge. Question number five you got to ask yourself is, if I buy this property, how will I eventually sell the property? Ask yourself that. So when you're going into an asset, what am I going to do with this thing? Am I going to keep it forever? You know, like they say, drive it till the wheels fall off. Are you going to buy it now and then turn around and sell it real quick for all cash? Are you going to maybe lease option it to a, a tenant buyer? Are you going to sell or finance it for the long term? Or are you going to sell or finance it for the short term? These are questions that you're going to ask yourself. These are questions that are covered in Larry's blueprint, cash flow blueprint. These are very serious questions that you need to have the answers on and answers to before you close on a property. Last year, lastly, you got to ask yourself this very question. Who will I sell the property to if I do buy it? That's a valid question. Who? In other words, who am I serving? I ask myself this question when I buy a rental property every single time. Who is my avatar? Who is the tenant? What do they look like? What are their interests? The people that are going to rent this property, does my idea of who's going to rent this property fit this property. You have to know who you're going to sell to. Just like you have to know who you're going to rent to, you got to know who you're going to sell to. Who is my ideal buyer for this property? Because you're going to have to rehab that property to match the needs of that individual buyer. So think about that. Is it somebody that maybe needs seller financing terms? And if so, are you in a position to offer those? Now, you can offer them. That's great. Maybe you think, oh, no, I get all my cash on day one. Well, ask yourself this question. What else are you going to do with it? See, everybody's in a big damn rush to get all their their money in a pile of cash. What do you think? What, what then? I have people that are ignorant enough to, to simply only do hard money, and they think they're actually getting a huge return. They pass up long-term opportunities that compound the interest therefore uninterrupted wealth building, they will ignore that in exchange for the promise of quick riches of hard money. My hard money lender guy, the, uh, Frank Cotto, he'll pay pretty much anybody 12 points. And he brokers it out. He makes two points on the front, two points on the back, whatever. He makes his money as the broker. He's a, a licensed mortgage loan originator. 
he's very, very good at what he does, and he helps people move their, their money around. That said, he doesn't keep people's money moving consistently. There are breaks. So you, when you're compounding, ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to get a, com, a, a, compound, a compound return on your money and there's a break for either a fee or there's a closing and now your money comes back to you, that interrupts the compounding process. Think about that. So you're not making a true annualized return. Let's keep that in mind. So begin with the end in mind. Now he goes into recognizing opportunities and all the questions you should ask before making an offer to purchase. You know, what constitutes a good deal? Is it worth pursuing? He's going to go through all these mind map things in this, in this section here. Why do I think this deal is worth doing? Why does this property appeal to me? If I buy this property, what will I do with it? You see where it repeats there? Because you have to keep asking yourself that question until you've got a good, solid answer. One of my favorite things in the world is when I ask somebody, well, so tell me, what is your buying criteria? Oh, I'm just looking for good deals anywhere within a 150-mile radius of where we're standing. Oh, I see. Um, gas stations? Oh, no, I don't do gas stations. Oh, well, how about apartment buildings? Oh, no, I don't do those either. And I have to reverse engineer it to get them to break it down to the point to where I can actually send them something. Wholesalers listening to this episode, if somebody gives you something that's that vague, if they are unable or unwilling to break down their buying criteria with you, just say next and leave them off your, your buyer's list because, frankly, they're wasting your time. They're absolutely wasting your time. These are people that are probably never going to close. And those of you listening to this show that are doing that right now out in the marketplace, you're out there doing that ridiculousness, you're being vague, and maybe it's just because you have no idea what the heck you're doing or what you would buy, and you're afraid of missing out on a deal. Well, you have to ask yourself, first of all, why are you thinking that way? Are you thinking in abundance? Or are you thinking in scarcity? Now, if you are out there buying with a scarcity mentality, what do you think the chances are of you overpaying for a property? I have a lot of people that I've asked this very same this very question to, why did you buy that property at that price? Now, they, uh, they interpret incorrectly that I think they may have gotten a bad deal. I don't know. I never even asked them what deal they did get. I don't know the terms. I'm just curious. I ask it that way on purpose to see what type of reaction I get. And a lot of times they'll say, well, the seller was willing to sell it to me. See, people feel that the seller is doing them a favor by simply selling them a property. He let me buy it. Oh, he did, did he? How about that? You must be a pretty lucky little bugger there. They let that, that seller let you buy that property. Come on, get off of that. That's not what this is about. You are in the driver's seat. As a buyer, you are in the driver's seat because you have what they want also. You may think that they have what you want, the property, but you have what they want, money. So don't get, get sucked into this hype of it's a seller's market. I see this on investment websites all the time. It's a seller's market. Oh, there's, that's just a bunch of garbage. If you believe that there's a buyer's market or a seller's market, you need to listen to, listen to my show a little more. Pay attention to Larry, what Larry Harbolt teaches. That's ridiculous. There's no such thing as a seller's market. Now, there are people running around with more money than cents. Absolutely. But you're not buying off the shelf. You're not buying retail. You're an investor. Act like it. Think like it. When you think like an investor, you will discover more opportunities. 
okay? You're going to need to take some time to discover what a deal looks like to you. That's very, very important. What a deal looks like to you. And if you can't give a specific answer on what a deal looks like to you, then you're not ready to be analyzing deals, okay? The blueprint's going to cover a lot of this, but you need to take the time to discover your own investor identity. Now, in here, Larry has an audio lesson that he includes where it talks about opportunity is everywhere if you know where to look. He lays out a bunch of different ways, different places that opportunity is hiding right underneath your nose. Meanwhile, people are running around like Chicken Little. The sky is falling. Larry's going to lay it right out on the line for 20 bucks. Where to get, where to find great opportunities. Okay? If you're a wholesaler, you're going to need to build a buyer's list. Okay? Because even if you're not a wholesaler, if you're a buy and hold investor, because you're going to come across the opportunities, you're going to negotiate them, you're going to find out they don't work for you. But you've already got them under contract. And if you're smart, you've got your contract to be assignable. Well, just because it doesn't match your criteria doesn't mean that it won't match somebody else's. So I don't care what your exit strategy is. Everybody should have a buyer's list. Everybody should have a database. Because you may find an opportunity that doesn't work for you, but it might work for me. And maybe if you give me a phone call, I will buy that offer from you. That I'll buy that contract from you. I just did that recently, and somebody was $5,000 richer because I bought that contract from them, that option. Okay, the deal worked for me, didn't work for them. Happens all the time. So you should have a buyer's list. You should break up that buyer's list into three different categories. What I call, or what Larry calls, the no-risk buyer. That's your cash buyer. True cash. They're using all cash. The no-risk good credit buyer, which means they've got great credit, and they can buy whatever they want. See, a lot of wholesalers, that's where I hate that title, wholesalers. A lot of wholesalers think they can only only need a, a they can only work with a cash buyer and nothing can be farther from the truth. That's ridiculous. You can assign a property to somebody that's paying using a mortgage, that's no problem at all. And we talk about that. Somebody with not so good credit, you need to come up with a solution for them. For example, we have a credit repair company. If you want more information on that. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash credit repair. Fill out the little form. It will send my team an email. Uh, usually it will go to Cindy, one of our in-house people. She will give you a call and she will walk you through the steps that she can do to get your credit squared away and get you into a property, investment or otherwise. So reach out to us if that's something that interests you. Another one of the categories is greater risk, extremely damaged credit. Somebody that's a financial train wreck. Okay, these things can be worked out. Credit can be fixed. I'm going to have Dave Folk from the National Credit Federation, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's also the guy that owns, he's the president of National Credit Federation, company of which I do have a franchise with or an agreement with. I'm going to have him on the show to talk more about credit repair. I'm going to have a couple different credit repair experts because there's a lot of bad information out there, ladies and gentlemen, about credit repair. And you're going to need to have a buyer's list, as I said earlier. That's important. So the next thing that, that's covered in there is qualifying buyers and lease option candidates. Because again, if you're buying, I don't care what kind of investor you are, you're going to eventually wind up doing some sort of a, a lease option may come across your, your plate. 
you may wind up selling the property. You may decide not to use a realtor or, God forbid, you, part, you find a lousy one. You're going to need to do some due diligence on your buyer to make sure they're going to have the ability to close. That's very, very important. So we're going to cover that. You know, there's basically there's four different types of buyers. There's the people that have some cash and good credit. And then there's people that have no cash and good credit. And then there's people who have no cash and damaged credit. And then there's people that have some cash and damaged credit. And we're going to break that down in the cash flow blueprint on the different ways you can work with them to creatively help them get into a property. Again, you're out there buying your little rental property. You're buying your duplexes, doing whatever you're going to do. You find a great opportunity. You negotiate a great opportunity. Let's say you've actually listened to my podcast. You know what my buying criteria is because I've said it 175 times. And you find a great opportunity that meets my criteria. You call me on the phone and say, hey, I'm going to do this deal, Tyler. But in the event it doesn't work out for me, would you be interested in it? Yes, I would. And then I, you can go in knowing exactly what my criteria is. You negotiate the deal. It doesn't work out for you for whatever reason. I'll buy it from you. You can do that within your own community. No problem. So think about that. And you make an extra five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. Whatever the market bears. Don't be greedy. Make friends, not war. Don't be greedy. You're going to have to learn how to analyze a neighborhood. We're going to cover that in depth in some future episodes. And I, this episode, I'm, it's going to be interesting. I want This is one of the things that you're really going to get a huge takeaway from the course is learning how to analyze a neighborhood or an area, how to discover what's up and coming. And with our upcoming coaching program that we're going to release later this summer, with some of my materials, we're going to go really in-depth into this, it, really understanding a market, all about a market, knowing what area of a, of a community or what they call an MSA, what area of an MSA or a marketplace that you should be focused on. Are you in the path of progress? Is your property the problem? How are things going to look moving forward? You know, I'm hearing people calling in on Fridays that my my Ask Tyler calls, my consultation calls, people are starting to tell me that their credit card limits, that they, they don't use their credit card. They've got a credit card with a big limit, and their credit card limits are being reduced. And that You know what that tells you, folks? If you have credit cards right now, and they usually, so back in 08, when this happened, the credit cards wound up getting reduced because the banks were scared of overexposing themselves. So they started backing off people's credit limits. So if you've got credit cards right now and you've got a lot of available credit, don't be surprised, especially like your Home Depots, your other type of credit cards, the revolving debt, things like that. These credit card companies are going to start backing off those credit lines. So if you've been sitting there pacing around like a peacock thinking you're all Billy Badass because you've got a lot of available credit on your credit card, don't plan on those credit card limits staying that way as the market starts to turn. As you start to see financial markets start to take a turn, one of the first things that's going to happen is you're going to see what we're already seeing. I've had people telling me this. It hasn't happened to me yet, but I know people that it has happened to. You're going to see that being a thing. So just prepare for that. Finding houses for your buyers, folks. One last thing that's covered in this section of property and deal analysis that he covers in this course is finding houses for your buyers. And that's 
as as somebody that's an investor, well, notice I said earlier in the example of they give me a call and ask and verify what my criteria is, even though they're negotiating a deal for themselves. Hey, Tyler, in the event this doesn't work out for me, is this something that might interest you? And that's just, and I, of course, I have no inkling to backdoor them. Why would I do that? It would ruin my reputation in my community. I would never do that. They know they can call me and say, here's what I'm working on. If I can't get it to work, I need it to get here for me or whatever. And sometimes we don't even go into numbers. But we will, they may, we may bounce deals back and forth. So they simply make the contract assignable or they get an option on it or something like that. And uh, we will buy that option from them. So lots of different things you can do. Now, folks, this is, this is just one small piece of what we've talked about here in the last 30 minutes or 27 minutes now. This is one very small section of Larry's course that just, and I just skimmed over it. I skimmed over one of the several sections. You need to take some action. If you are serious about getting involved in real estate investing, go spend the 20 bucks. I mean, this is good stuff. This is stuff that everybody needs. I'm going through the course again myself. I'm actually doing a little bit of free coaching. And for those people that have signed up, Every once in a while, I'm going to go through a section. I'm going to pop up and do a, a video Q&A call on it to get you guys, keep you guys going forward. I want you to not be a course collector. Instead, we want you to take action and learn. So join us. Now, in the show notes, you will see the link uh, to the course materials. So make sure you go to that link and make that happen. So that's going to be cashflowguys.com forward slash my first deal. The video that you see when you get to cashflowguys.com forward slash my first deal, the video you see is an example of how Jill and I bought our first true no money down deal. We actually got paid $1,700 to buy a fourplex and that deal is broken out. I do a video. You'll see me on that video walking through that. As soon as that video ends, you have an opportunity to take my invitation to join Larry's course for 20 bucks, $19.97 to be exact. I suggest that you seriously consider it. So that's it, folks. I'm going to wrap this up because at the time you are listening to this episode, I will be in Belize. If you listen to this on the day that it airs, I will be in Belize on a sailboat with my beautiful wife in her bikini. Well, she'll be in her bikini. I won't be in her bikini. Maybe I will be in her bikini. Who knows? But I will be in Belize on a sailboat. We have, uh, we're flying down to Belize, spend a week in Belize on a sailboat. That is the life the cash passive income brings. So we hope that, uh, you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next week. Have a great day. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashFlowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.